Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. We are um, we are back with another episode, and I want to dive right into it here. This is your life, God's Word, the um, the podcast that is designed to help you apply the principles of the kingdom of God to the most important areas of your life. Uh, I think that probably stretches for most people um, to the areas of community, family, obviously spirituality, God, uh, these types of things. And so I, uh, the whole point of this podcast is to help you take what God says for his kingdom, the principles of God's kingdom, and to apply them for yourself, to think through them, to apply them into real life. Because sometimes people, sometimes people, um, they, they almost separate their, 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 I'll say secular life and then their spiritual life. We have, uh, you know, kind of Sunday morning Christianity where you're a man, you're a fervent Christian on Sunday morning, but then as soon as you go to lunch, it kind of fades away into the background until the following Sunday. You might get conned into a, you know, like a home group or something that week, and that's more, really more, you know, fellowship, maybe study the word a little bit, but then you, you just kind of keep that cycle going. The whole point with this, um, this podcast the whole point with uh, with what we're trying to do is to help people get beyond that, to, t to really start living as disciples of Christ, as true Christians like they did in, uh, in the Scriptures. Now, obviously, we derive principles of God's kingdom from the Scriptures, and so uh, that's why it's your life, God's Word. But there are other places where we can... We can get information, we can uh, get insights, uh, things to be able to help shed some light or some color onto the Word of God. That's not to say the Word of God is, is movable in any way. It is, it is inspired divinely, and uh, at the end of the day, if, if something contradicts or conflicts the Scriptures, the Scriptures are the thing that stand as truth with a capital T. Yes, I know in today's day and age, uh, truth with a capital T seems to be um, sort of <clears throat> not a great idea, you know, with relativism, pluralism, your truth, my truth. Um, the problem is there's there might be your truth, my truth, and then the truth, and it, the truth is what wins out, whether you or I agree with it or not. It's kind of like, you know, with relativism. I mean, gravity isn't relative. You know, we can't just be like, well, I mean, for your truth, gravity works. For me, it doesn't, and so I'm going to dive off of a skyscraper. Gravity is truth. It, that is the truth, okay? And and so we, you know, relativism just, it falls flat on its, on its face. And so we believe with this podcast, we can reach people and help people apply the truth, which is the principles of God's kingdom, to our lives now. One thing going on right now that is um, very critical and substantial in 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 our lives. I I would say for sure those in the United States of America. I would say those in the West. But I think it it has ramifications and ripple effects really all across the world, and that is the election that's going on between D Donald Trump and Joe Biden now. I know that the uh, I know that the the media, a lot of the folks in the media have called it, and you can't completely blame them. I mean, they they don't really get paid um, 
to have no answers. They don't, they don't, they don't, they, to, in today's media, it's really more like consumer driven. Um, it's really more uh, corporate uh, owners that, that are putting out content either uh, because they, they feel like advertisers are going to want to give them money and advertise on their platform or they have some kind of agenda that they want to that they want to get out. It, there's there's not a whole lot of what what the kind of legacy mainstream media that just does journalism. That just here are the facts, you decide what you want to 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 believe, but here here's the facts of the situation. Now, back in the day that used to be editorial. Like you would have just here's the news, but then here's your editorial folks. The problem is most of the quote-unquote news mainstream, I'm talking Fox, CNN, MSNBC, like these things, I would I would highly suggest if you're getting your news from them, stop. Just stop. Um, go get your news from places where people are trying to uh, present the truth. Maybe They have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. But at least they're honest about the opinion. My problem is where people are not honest about, hey, we, we, we are in the tank for you know Donald Trump. 100% Trumpers. We don't care if he turns out to be a horrible dictator that's tyrannical and evil. We're in his camp. Or vice versa for, you know, we we love Biden. We want Kamala to be the first the first woman of color to be the VP and it doesn't matter really what their policies are. We're going to cover everything up that we can. We're going to, we're in there. We are in their camp. Try to find places that are either open about their bias and they're like, hey, this is our bias, but we're going to try and you know, be as truthful as we can. Or they, they try to like just present facts, and here you go. You decide what you want to think. Uh, I definitely have uh, places that I go to that are in that boat. And um, if you you know you want to know kind of some of the places that I go, you can certainly hit us up, and um, and I'd be happy to share some of those with you. But you may not even care. I I, I want you to go get your information from where you like to get it, but make sure it's you actually doing the thinking. Don't let other people think for you and then tell you how you're supposed to be thinking. Now, speaking of facts, speaking of um, speaking of what's going on in the country right now, and speaking of the uh, you know the, the media, a lot of people in the media calling it like Joe Biden is the president-elect, there's victory speeches, there's people just crying. I uh, heard a, uh, a thing that the, the Rock... Right, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, put out, and he was like, "Oh, I was crying some manly tears, you know, for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris." Like, don't don't make me vomit in my mouth, bro. Seriously, you're pathetic. Um, you are pathetic. the The issue here is there isn't a clear winner yet. There there are questions. There's 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 um, there's there there are lawsuits being filed. And some of us um, who are alive and aware and remember, or those who can go out and you know Google it and do a little bit of research, um, again, the kind of research that CNN, MSNBC, they are not doing this as far as I know. Now, maybe you, you saw them do it, but back in 2000, that wasn't that long ago, okay? Y'all remember 2000? You remember the year 2000? That, that's not that long ago, okay? There was this election going on, Al Gore, right, George Bush, 
And there was these, you know, the state called Florida. Remember way back, way back when dinosaurs roamed the earth and we had the the hanging chads and the, uh, the, the Florida Supreme Court had to step in. We had recount after recount. Do you remember when the media was calling it for Al Gore and it was like, you know, Mr. President. And then it was like, oops, nope, looks like Florida swinging the other way. And then Al Gore, the Democrat at the time, um, he, he was wanted recounts. He was doing the legal battle thing. Uh, it was, I think, 36 days, 36, 38, somewhere in there, days past the election. I don't remember, I mean, I don't remember Joe Biden coming out. I mean, Joe Biden's been in politics since like, you know, the 1800s. So he was there. He, he I don't remember him coming out and saying, now maybe he did, but you can, you can look at it for yourself. I don't think he did. Um, coming out and saying, hey, this is ridiculous. We need to just call it for George Bush. We need to just, you know, we need to all be in unity and all this stuff. And, and usually what these folks mean by unity is they don't mean unity. They mean conformity. They mean conform. And I'm going to tie this into some stuff that goes on um, in even in the church where this happens. Language matters. And, and, and we, un, we need to understand that language does matter. What you call a thing does matter. How you try to push the perception of something does matter. You can have uh, people in the streets uh, rounding up folks that disagree with them taking them to camps and torturing them until they recant and and fall in line and then putting them back you know in their home on the street or whatever but but if you start calling that you know it, like in Orwell's famous uh, famous book 1984 you know the ministry of love you know oh here comes some more um, here comes some more ambassadors for the ministry of love, right? And everybody's running to hide. Well, why would you hide from them? Because we know what they really mean. But, you know, it's just in, in the psyche, in the psyche, this is psychological warfare. This is a psychological thing. It does, after a while, you kind of just start buying into it. We did a, we did a, um, a podcast a uh, couple of weeks ago, and we talked about how, you know, that people are really, the, the term abortion even. Now, the term abortion even that is kind of, it, 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 it's kind of a misnomer. It's, it, it's not, you know, we're on a mission, something terrible happened, we've got to abort. Um, no, abortion is, is killing a, an unborn baby in the womb. But even abortion, people don't want to use that word a lot of times. They, they'll say women's health. Oh, you're against women's health? Well, who's against women's health? Of course, people aren't against women's health. Ever, people want women to be healthy. But what they mean by women's health, right? Um, they mean killing babies, okay? And, and they do that very effectively. And a lot of college kids, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed on college campus, which, you know, parents, that's your fault. Um, kids should be going to college and have some kind of foundation and grounding and this kind of thing. They shouldn't be going to college and absolutely their minds are mush and the college is the one who's going to decide. Um, because once again, kind of like the media used to be a certain thing, colleges used to be a place for exploration and you know, you 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 hear other ideas and you hear other things and you kind of form your opinions or you may or you bring your opinion to the table and that kind of hash it out. Nowadays a lot of colleges just you go there and they've got a, a way of thinking and they're gonna cram it into you. Um, it's not, let's hear your opinion. Let's, let's come up with fresh ideas. That's not really how it works. And so parents, that's on you. 
um, your kid goes off to college and comes back an atheist after two years, I'm sorry. What were you doing for the 16, 17, 18 years that they were they were in your house? You know, this this big thing, you go and you can research it yourself. It's a, it's like a big thing amongst Christians. Oh my goodness, kids go away to college and they're, you know, they're coming back and they're questioning their faith. Why? I mean, how, how in the world can, you know, a couple of semesters at college do that? Well, it's because they don't have a foundation. They don't have an understanding. And part of the thing that shakes that foundation is words. It's it's what we call things. It's what we, it's what, it's how we term things. And so, uh, again, getting back to, you know, Joe Biden and these guys, a lot of times when they say, let's come together in unity, they don't mean unity. They don't mean like, hey, let's unite, you know, let, they mean fall in line with me, or we are going to make your life a living hell. That's really what they mean. And here's the deal, okay? I saw an interview uh, with Whoopi Goldberg, okay? Obviously left-leaning. I mean, you know, that, the show that they're on, The View, uh, I don't know how anybody can sit through that, but people do, um, especially to get information and hear things like this that I'm getting ready to tell you. Whoopi Goldberg literally like kind of looked into the camera and was like, you need to suck it up. Joe Biden won. You need to suck it up like we did. And I'm I'm like, what? They they actually they actually believe that you are stupid enough to 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 believe that they sucked it up. No, they didn't. People six months ago were saying that Donald Trump's an illegitimate president. There's there's um, interviews. Again, look it up for yourself. Don't believe me. Interviews that you can find on YouTube, I think, if they haven't pulled them down. Um, it, you can find them in other places, though. So if you can't find it, let me know, and I definitely can help you. But uh, you should be able to find it on YouTube. Hillary Clinton, 2019, is getting interviewed, and she's basically saying that you know Trump stole the election. She really, you know, she really wink, wink was the winner, and this kind of stuff. Uh, they spent over three years with this fabricated insanity about Russia and uh, th over three years. And, and after all the investigation, after all the hype, it came out to be absolutely nothing. In fact, what was found was things like the Obama administration was actually illegally, <laughs> they're, they're spying on, on, on Trump before he's even president. Okay, they they found stuff like that, but they never found any Russian interference. What some some Facebook ads? Seriously? Oh, that's that's some major election interference. No, and, and so they didn't accept it. But Whoopi Goldberg's like, yeah, that we we accepted it. Now we all need to unite around Biden, like like everyone united around Trump. Nobody united around Trump. Well, you know, people who are you know thinking moral, decent people, they did. You know what? Maybe we lost. And Trump's the guy, or maybe you were gunning for Trump, and you were—it was easy to unite around Trump. Um, you know, he wasn't my first pick in the uh, in the primaries. He definitely was not my first pick in the primaries. He turned out to be a fabulous president, though. I mean, as far as um, policy goes, I don't really—I don't—I don't—I don't vote for a president to be my pastor, to be my more great moral leader. Please lead me. And this is the problem. This is the issue. So many people, when you listen to their language, so many people treat the president as like he is he is the one that you're going to follow in every respect. 
And, and I, I'm afraid that a lot of people actually do that. They actually go that way, Christians included. It doesn't matter. I mean, they just follow society. And so you have to get society somehow to be, you got to get somebody who's super moral and su- in order for society to move that way because we're just going to follow that. And that's ridiculous. Um, but unity does not mean just falling in line and sucking it up. Otherwise, we're going to, um, we're going to ram our agenda down your throat. That's not really unity. But they'll say unity. Right, it's a euphemism. It's a they're just using that term. Now, I, I look at this, guys. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you remember this. But the first debate, the very first debate, um, between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, uh, both candidates were asked, "What will you will you hold off? Will you hold off on declaring victory?" until the votes are certified, right? They're counted, they're certified. And of course, both candidates were like, yeah. Um, Joe Biden was like, yes, you know, and he even kind of went on to say, you know, th- it could last a while. It could, it could be longer than, than normal because of all the mail-in ballots and everything. And he confirmed that until the votes are certified, he would not declare victory. Now, he's not even in office, and he's already breaking his promises. He he promised not to do it, and now he's out there giving victory speeches and talking about unity and getting behind him and Kamala Harris as they lead the country forward. Um, but again, right, Chris Wallace, and, and the video's out there. It's very easy to get a hold of. You can go and you can see Chris Wallace asks Biden, Will you wait? Will you wait until the votes are certified, all votes are counted, and certified, okay, that's important, before you declare victory? He said yes. Yes. Now, what does it mean to be certified? See, the thing is, a lot of people don't know this is horrible. This is, you know, this is awful, right? In sports, people know more about sports than the thing like government that is going to actually have an everyday impact on our lives, right? Things that are that are pushed, things that our kids are going to have to grow up with, the future of our country, your livelihood, things like taxes and economics, people know very little about, but they know a lot about sports. They can name the sports team, they can name, you know, all the different players. This is where we are in America, unfortunately. Um, but let's use a sports analogy, okay? In sports, we have the opportunity for somebody to call something and and then it gets reviewed, right? Let's take football, right? You can look at the instant replay. You can, you can even have a call contested and it's not final until we look at it, we examine it, we play it in slow-mo 14 times and then we come together and the final call is made. A, a sports announcer on ESPN can say, oh, man, look at that, pass interference. They're just, they're making a call based on what they see, but that's not official. That's not official until the official, the head ref goes out there and says, hey, it was pass interference. Um, I, I, I forget what the, I forget what the hand sign for pass interference is, otherwise I'd do it right now for you. That's holding, right? Pass interference, whatever he does. But, that's that's fine, right? 
and everybody gets that, right? Somebody says, oh, and obviously, again, guy jumps up in the air for the ball. Somebody comes in sideways and clobbers him, and then the ball comes down, and the announcer says, pass interference. Look at that. That was crazy. Did you guys see that at home? Um, and then the ref comes out and says, hey, that was pass interference. Flag goes out and all that, right? But what if, again, man, that looked like pass interference to me, and then, you know, they call it, and maybe even there's a, there's a flag on the play. They come together. They say, you know what? It's actually not pass interference. We're not going to call that pass interference. It's a, it's a tough call. And everybody keeps watching the game. Everybody moves on, right? With the election, it's like people want to call it, and then the official, quote-unquote, referees who have the authority to call it, no, 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 we don't want to hear what you have to say. But that's how it works. So getting back to it, right, Joe Biden said, I will not declare victory until the votes are certified. What does certification mean? A little history for you and governmental um governmental uh um i don't know uh, the word is escaping me <laughs> procedure <laughs> i don't know why i couldn't think of that word ah, must be getting old um so the the ballots have to be certified by the states and the reason why we usually don't know about this is because it's obvious within a few days or maybe even the day of the election come in the morning after it's like everybody knows it's so obvious but when it's close and when there's you know maybe legal uh contestation people saying no we're, we're gonna we're gonna contest this we're gonna we don't believe this is accurate or whatever the the votes have to be certified now some states like arizona it's november the 30th that the secretary of state certifies the results Okay, Pennsylvania, the 25th of November. Michigan, the 25th of November. Um, Wisconsin, December 1st, right? So on and on and on. And then December 8th is the last day for states to resolve election disputes. And then the electors, right, you get the electoral votes for winning the state and all that. They cast their votes on December the 14th. Now, keep in mind, right, keep in mind that that means that really, I mean, you've, you've kind of got until early December before you start running into like any real problems or real issues. Are you hearing that? That's what, that's what I wonder. Have you heard that? If this is the first, I promise you, if this is the first time you've heard this, either you're not listening to the news at all um, or the news that you're listening to is lying to you. And I would say, again, if you are listening to the news, you're, you're going out there, you're listening to some of the media stuff out there, trying to get trying to get a handle on what's going on and that kind of thing, and you this is the first you've heard this, I'm begging you, stop listening to whatever you're listening to. They are propaganda. They are lying to you. They are trying to, they are trying to brainwash you, okay? Because this is open, and this is from CNBC, okay, these, these different dates. They know it. They know that's the case, okay? This isn't news to any of these, these uh, mainstream news outlets. Um, so what's, what is going on here? What is going on here? Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people, I would say, I don't know about a lot, but people even on, like, say, the Republican side are kind of in that boat of like, oh, can't we all just, you know, can't we all just get along? Can't we all just come together, sing kumbaya, join hands, come together in unity. Now, again, we need to not be so caught up in words. Decency. 
Okay, decency? Folks, come on. Uh, Joe Biden is out there saying that he will make abortion the law of the land. How is that decent to murder babies? I, I don't, That just doesn't make any sense. We need to have decency. We need to have civility. This is the guy that on national television is like calling the, calling the president of the United States a racist. That's civil? Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not real big on, oh, decency, civility. I'm more, I'm bigger on, hey, policy. Actual policies that make sense and work, not leading us over the cliff, but rather what we need to be happening in this country. That's what I'm more concerned about. I'd rather both, but if I have to have, uh, you know, kind of an uncivil, uh, uncivil president that is boisterous and loud and obnoxious but when he actually passes policy he doesn't want to murder unborn babies and you know he doesn't want to sue nuns like obama and biden did you know because they didn't want to um they didn't want to provide right abortion uh care and and services uh, to employees and this kind of, I mean, they sued a group of nuns. How do you sue a group of nuns? That's civil. That's decent. If you didn't know about that, again, I would suggest quit listening to who you're listening to um, because they've, they're have they in the tank for somebody, I think. So again, right, what do, we, what do we mean by civil and decent? It's easy to say those things. What do we mean by unite? We need to unite. We need to unite. We need to come together. These are the people that were, and still are, right, rioting, breaking into, you know, Walmart and stealing TVs, burning businesses down, uh, going into restaurants and disturbing people and making them, you know, raise their fist in solidarity. And I mean, that that is civil. That is decent. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think so. Um, I, I think I, I, my, my definition of decency civility and unity are a little bit different than maybe theirs is and that's the key don't listen to the word and how you translate it look at the actions that's what i mean by policy look at the actions look at what's actually happening not what they say if if they come if people come out and say oh we need unity and we just need to work together but then they are making lists of people that that uh supported trump and we're gonna we're gonna blacklist you we're gonna do everything we can to destroy your careers which people like um Ocasio-Cortez, right, AOC, she came out, uh, tweeted out that basically, you know, we need to be keeping lists, we need to be watching these people who supported Trump, and others, other big-name people have come out and said this. Um, that's uh, that's scary, folks. That's not the kind of country I want to I want to live in. Okay, I don't want lists of your political opponents um, going out there. That is absolutely crazy. What do we mean by unity and civility? Um, when it comes to like media, tr just trying to get get your thoughts, just uh, get your thoughts together, get the information, form an opinion. I know two people who personally, two people who personally have had posts on Facebook taken down. Now, these are people with like a couple of hundred friends on Facebook. These are not like big name people that people are watching or anything like that. Okay. But they had um, pro-Trump um uh, posts 
taken down on on Facebook. One of them was was just a post about the different policies that Trump has put into action that have helped Americans, um, things like lowering taxes or you know whatever things like that, and it was taken down. That's that's crazy. I mean, who's who's look? I mean, they, they probably have you know. Uh, as many views as as this podcast has listened, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's 20 people listening to this, including like you know 12 members of my family. Um, but that that's scary. Is that the kind of world you want to live in, where if you post something, you're in a group that Facebook doesn't like, they're just gonna yank the group. You're you're posting something that is factually true. But but Facebook doesn't like it. They're going to they're going to pull it. I don't. I mean that you know that's that's scary. That's not the kind of that's not the kind of world I want to live in. Now that's the kind of world that many people do. They are okay living in though, because people buy into this notion of let's all just get along, let's all just come together, let's unite, let's come together, let's just get along. But there's no such thing. That world doesn't actually exist anywhere on the planet. Uh, people have differing opinions. People have differing um, political opinions, economic uh, opinions, opinions on tax policy. Uh, we, we're not going to have a country where people don't disagree and where sometimes they even will will push and fight, hopefully not physically, but you know there is one side with BLM and Antifa and these places, that side is fighting physically. They are in the streets setting cars on fire, hurting and even physically assaulting people, okay? Burning down businesses, breaking into places and stealing and looting. Now, if you're watching a news station or whatever that says these are mostly peaceful, you need to turn that junk off. What does mostly peaceful mean? Um, if a if a riot comes through the streets and there's a hundred people, and and twenty of them are breaking into places, burning stuff down, beating people up, right? But eighty of them are just watching it happen, but not actually participating. They're not stopping it, but they are they are, they aren't participating, right? That's eighty twenty. That's mostly peaceful. Would you consider that peaceful if they came through your neighborhood? No. What what person in their right mind would consider that peaceful? But this that's not the kind of country I personally want to live in. And I really don't think that's the country that most people want to live in. And so I, I think what we need to do is not be caught up in the jargon, the words, the the really, frankly, the lies of, oh, let's just be in unity. What that's what we all did when Trump was elected. No, it's not. People <laughs> what do we, do we literally have such short memories that we can't remember six months ago or a year ago? We can't, we, we can't remember back in 2000. We can't, I mean, what is wrong with our country? Oh God, help us. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that. If that's really where we are, I really say, God help us. Those of us who are thinking, those of us who are aware, those of us who, who do have brains that function, that we're not buying in, we're not plugging into the this is like this is the uh, like the, an, the the anti matrix where where instead of robots plugging us in and people wanting to get out, it's people wanting to be plugged in. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is oh, this is scary, bizarro, crazy, bizarro world. Um, but 
you know, this, this, even in the church, this happens where, I mean, it sounds good. Let's all just unite. Let's all just get along. Let's all come under one banner. But, but, but a lot of times when churches talk about unity, they really mean conformity. Unity means we have differences. We have differing opinions. We have heartfelt, strong traditions and opinions sometimes that, you know what, we have to, um, we have to allow for people to differ. And that really is, that really is the main thing that, that I'm trying to get across here. We can't just all, you know, remember way back in the day that, that like, that cartoon, the Get Along Gang. I mean, come on, folks. That's just not gonna. The, even the Get Along Gang had some problems. Um, we, we, we. That's not going to happen. And and, and in the church itself, um, that's not going to happen. And check this out. Even in the scriptures, well, I say even, but of course, I mean in the scriptures, this is clearly, this is clearly delineated. Um, Paul goes to great links to talk about some of this stuff in his his epistles to the Corinthians, the um, the Romans. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, he says, Now about food sacrifice to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. So he's saying... You know, we have knowledge. We 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 know some we know some things, but but love needs to be the overriding factor. Verse four, he says. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no god but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came, and for whom we live, and there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. So, kind of mirrors the Shema in the Old Testament, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and we we there's one. For us, we know this, right? We This is knowledge. We, we as Christians understand this. We know this. We know an idol is not actually a god. Um, but then he goes on in verse 7, he says, but not everyone possesses this knowledge. So some people actually have, or, you know, or, you know, they think these idols are more than what they are. He says, some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. Now, the food might be delicious, but what's he saying? We're, uh, ultimate things. And this is, I think I said this on the last podcast, right? Many times the scripture is talking about ultimate things. It's talking about, you know, ultimately, this is the way to look at it, not just, you know, here now in the moment that, you know, driven by our human passions and human desires and, you know, this kind of thing. That's not really how the, how the scriptures and how God operates. So he says in verse 9, Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, 
won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge when you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience. You sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. So what's he saying? He's saying there's differences within the church. There are clear differences. There's people who they, they feel like, hey, I have knowledge. I know that an idol's not anything. I can eat this, this meat just fine that was offered to an idol, not a big deal. And then there's people that they, they can't really do that. It might actually harm their walk with Christ. And he says, knowledge should not be the thing that wins the day. Ultimately, it should be love. And so if you know you're hurting a brother or sister, then we you need to do what you can to um, to accommodate, okay? And it's, it's not just talking about somebody doesn't like that or has a preference. It's talking about a real, they're going to lose out with Christ because of this. Um, and it does mention that they're, they're the ones that are weaker, the ones who would lose out. They're the ones that are weaker because the truth, knowledge of the truth, is that food offered to idols is not a big deal. Um, chapter 14 of Romans gets into this same thing. He says, Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, right? He's getting on the kind of the eating, um, similar to 1 Corinthians here. But another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat the, with contempt the one who does not. The one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant to their own master, servant stand or fall, and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. Okay, then he gets on to a different topic. One person, uh, a subject, I should say, a different subject than the same kind of the same topic here. One person considers one day more sacred than another, okay? Observing maybe special feasts, holy days, whatever it might be. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind, right? Not trying to convince the other one, but in their own mind. Verse 6, whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and also gives thanks to God, right? Verse 7, for none of us lives for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give account of ourselves to God. Okay? We are going to give account of ourselves based on our conscience, based on what we know, based on our faith, based, we're not, you know, and so he's saying, don't, don't be so worried about the other person. You be convinced. You do, you do what you feel and do it unto the Lord. Okay, now this isn't talking about you go keep on sinning because that's not between people, um, your opinion, their opinion. That is, God is saying, no, this is wrong. Do not do it. It's a universal truth for all believers. But there are matters within the church that can creep up that can become a kind of a 
an issue like keeping of special, you know, holidays or holy days um, and feasts and things of that nature, or the eating of certain types of foods or foods offered to idols and these kinds of things like they had uh, in, uh, in the Roman church and in the Corinthian church. Then he goes, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. See, we're not supposed to be judging each other in these types of things, right? Let, let, let that person do their thing unto God, right? And, and you do your thing unto God. Instead, he goes on to say, make up your mind not to put a stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your brother or sister, right? I'm convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself, but if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. So, you know, there are things that some people um, uh, should not do because for them it is wrong. It is something that could, that could cause them to stumble, cause them to fall, cause an issue. And so if you, you know, your conscience doesn't allow you to participate in this activity, and that activity does, you know, from a truth perspective, from an from a overall perspective, there's nothing wrong with it, then at that point, you probably still should not do it. Um, but that doesn't mean you should be preaching and teaching to other people, well, you can't do it either. And this is what happens in a church, you know, if a, if a let's say a pastor, a leader has certain quote-unquote convictions about something, totally fine. But what happens a lot of times is then they will push those personal convictions onto other people. Don't go to this place. Don't participate in this activity. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't wear this. Don't wear that. And um, what can happen is people are forced to succumb to, conform to one person's opinion under the guise of unity within the church. And see, Paul doesn't say, hey, for you, we need to unite, and so here's the rule, unite under this rule because it, it'll bring unity. That's not what he says. He says, you continue to do your thing, you continue to do your thing, don't judge one another, don't look down on one another, let's all unite in Christ, right, by having differences of opinion. <laughs> that, that's how unity truly happens. That what do we unite around? We unite around love over knowledge. We unite around, if necessary, I will abstain from whatever I need to in order to help my brother or sister. And we need to unite around, we don't need to cast stumbling blocks into our brother's or sister's path, right? It's all about love. That's unity, though. It's not, I'm going to completely change my behavior. You're nowhere around. I can't, I can't, you know, uh, eat a, a um, piece of bacon for breakfast at my breakfast table at my home because you have an issue with pork, right? That, that's, that, you know, that's what he's saying. So we, but if you have an issue with pork, right, you, you probably shouldn't eat it. That, that's, that's the thing. Um, so for that person, it's unclean. Verse 15, if your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you, uh, I'm sorry, verse 16, therefore do not let 
what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves, but whoever has doubt is condemned if they eat because they, their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. He goes on to say in verse 15, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Um, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. Right, so again, he, he he is shifting this instead of being so about me. Let's make sure we're thinking about that other person. But he's not talking about you. Don't see in scripture, well, somebody just has this idea and they're they're a little bit offended. See, again, in our in our culture, in Western culture today, it's like everybody's offended about everything. I mean, you would never be able to do anything, right? We can't just take a poll in the church and find out the absolute least common denominator, the person with the least, you know. The, the, the highest, strictest standards, and everybody has to live by that. And then if somebody else new comes in that has even higher, well, everybody's now got to do that. That's not what he's saying, because that would literally be a, a rule for the church. This is saying our primary motivation needs to be love for another person, and we need to not cast those stumbling blocks in front of them, okay? We need to not harm people by our liberty. We need to not hurt people by what we are able to do. Now, some of this, okay, can be um, be rectified and helped through teaching. Sometimes people think something, and it's just because they haven't been taught. They don't have the knowledge, right? Other people have the knowledge, and their conscience is still, you know, at the point where they're, 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 they, they can't get over that, um, that traditional way of thinking or whatever it might be. And again, right, if you want to keep, say, you know, the Sabbath as a, as a, as a rule, do it. You know, um, it, there's a lot of benefits actually to keeping the Sabbath, but there's there there's not a command in the New Testament church that we actually have to observe the Sabbath like they did in the Old Testament. We have Sabbath, we have rest, we have you know these things in the Holy Spirit. But again, um, there's lots of evidence that say taking a day, a week to disconnect, not do work, focus on God, focus on family, this kind of stuff, it is a very healthy and good thing. But then to turn around and make it a church rule, you know, that that that's that, that gets you into a whole host of other types of problems. But doing that and then saying it's for unity, it's, you know, it's for unity. And so everybody's got to do what I say because we want unity. That's not unity. That is manipulation and conformity, right? Usually based on fear. And that's what we don't want in the church. It's also what we don't want, I think, in society. Okay, so from a kingdom principle within the church, this is not supposed to happen. How much more, right, when we look at the, um, when we look at the founding documents of this country, the founders recognized, they believed, they saw that there are certain rights, they call them inalienable rights, but nobody uses that term today. I mean, when was the last time you said inalienable, right? Unless you were, you know, trying to uh, 
you know, quote the Declaration of Independence or something, but right, these these rights don't come from government. They don't come because people got together and said, hey, you have these rights. They come from God, right? Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And, you know, happiness isn't a right. Uh, nobody, you can't guarantee happiness for people. Um, but what is a right is you have the right to pursue it. You have the right to kind of live your life without government interference. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're supposed to have that freedom, that liber- life, liberty. We're supposed to, life is a right, including for those who are unborn. Um, life is a right. Um, liberty is a right. And it doesn't come because people voted. It comes from God. And so just because somebody says, hey, let's let's have unity and then tries to take away some of your rights with that quote unquote unity, that is wrong. It is wrong. It is morally wrong. It is scripturally wrong. Now, we talked last time about how Christians are supposed to submit to to governmental rule and that kind of thing. Um, and so that's why I say we pray, we vote, we we try to, you know, help people to have greater knowledge and understanding, apply the principles of God's kingdom to our lives. And that's what we do here on this podcast. So I hope this has helped you. If you have any questions, if you ever want to get in contact with us or maybe even beyond the podcast or something, that'd be cool. Podcast at breadbreakers.com, podcast at breadbreakers.com. We try to help you apply God's principles to the most important aspects of your life. Hopefully we have done that here. Keep the faith, stay strong, and know that God is in control. The election is not over until the votes are certified, at least according to Biden in the first debate. That's what he was supposed to do. He's not doing it, but we can't help that. The fact of the matter is... That's where it stands. So we need to continue to be in prayer for God's will. We need to continue to be in prayer uh, for this country, this nation, for this process, and let it stand there. But as far as, you know, holding hands, singing kumbaya, and all agreeing, uh, we're not all going to agree. That's okay. We can agree to disagree on many things. And what is of utmost importance is to have true unity, which is to come around the ideals that founded this country things like life liberty and the pursuit of happiness those things come from god not from government and so we can definitely unite around those i love you guys god bless you don't forget to like and subscribe and share this thing hope to see you on the next podcast god bless you and we'll catch you next time